And we are live back with another episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns, and as usual, I'm joined by the Autism Sage herself, Mama Baden. How are you? I'm good today. The sun's shining. That's always a good day for me when the sun's shining. I shouldn't say that, but I get my energy from the sun. I'm really good. And of course, I'm super excited because we have an awesome guest today. Yes. Awesome. Awesome guest. Do you want to intro yourself, Daria, or you want me to talk about who you are? Go lay the red carpet down for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want you to, I want you to, uh, to lay the red carpet down for me. <laughs> All right. So today we have um, a really, really super, super, super mom. Um, if you want to have that term for super mom, this is a parent that I met on social media. So it's one of the times where social media actually is a really great benefit. And um, I met her on social media because of a group that she had, but then learned that she is just amazing in terms of not only parenting to autistic kiddos, but one of the reasons I wanted to have her on today is because uh, Daria has done a phenomenal job of not only learning, teaching, and understanding the importance of her daughter um, using her AAC device for communication, but she's also sharing that with other parents because it's important for our kids to have a method of communication. And one of the things that I really, really, really respect about Daria is that she takes the time, right, to to teach and incorporate it into her daughter's day. And as a result, we know her personality, right? I mean, she's sassy like her mom and um, she says things in a savvy way like her mother does. And that's just so wonderful. And I want that for all families, right? And all kiddos. So today we're gonna to talk a little bit about accepting that your non-speaking child or minimally verbal kiddo may need a little bit of support from technology for communication. What does that look like? And the fact that you have to do the work, right? <laughs> oh, very much so. Very much so. But I'm here. I'm in the house. Okay. I got Torrance space. I'm in the house. Yes, I am. <laughs> so one of the things that, that I wanted to really sort of start off is, I mean, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before in all of our previous conversations, but when you realize that your daughter may not be a speaking verbal communicator, right? Because that's your method of communication. Um, what was that like in terms of adjusting? And I know your personality a little bit, but help our listeners understand recognizing that she would need a different way to communicate. And how do you feel about that? Right? Because that's not something that we anticipate when we have our children that we're going to have to have an alternative method of communication. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. My son is here now. I am mm -hmm. sorry. He's in the house right now. Oh, uh, hey, go Dawson. Hey, this is going to do a surprise guest. Surprise visit. Surprise. Uh -huh. visit. I'm so sorry, Daddy. I love it. He's like, I'm so sorry because. He knew he wasn't supposed to come downstairs because mommy was working. And so now he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. With a cute smile on his face. <laughs> yes. Because he knows. He knows. But it's all good. Like you said, we got to keep it moving. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yes, that's my my other child. Like I yes. said, it has, um, who's autistic. But back to what you were saying with my daughter, um, Stacey, um, who is non-speaking. And like you said, doing the work. Um, 
let me see where we can start here. How do you want me to start? Do you want me to start from the beginning? Do you want to start from my mindset? Well, I think that it would be really helpful for listeners to know, because a lot of times parents don't even think about past verbal, right? They're just looking for verbal and they're not even introducing the AAC device. So was that something that you suggested? Did your speech therapist suggest it? Did, um, like, what was that process like in terms of coming to the realization that this is going to be her primary method and we need to really do the work? Oh, actually, yeah, you have a great point there. Um, the, you know, our natural way is to communicate virtual. That's what we think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, once I realized my, to me, I just, I accepted it immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, probably around the age three or four, she was babbling, but really not much, okay. And then in the beginning, when you are on this path, of, you know, an autism journey path, mm-hmm. they provide you with the picture exchange, the pecs book, you know, again, just trying to get some type of communication, because one thing I realized, her behavior, mm-hmm. she threw a lot of, like I said, tantrums, she had a lot of meltdowns, mm-hmm. and that was my first child, so I didn't really get it at first, you know, um, so then at school, for me, when I realized that that was the issue, the communication um, challenge for her, they introduced the PECs and then we graduated to the AAC device. Now for me, because I'm a solution person, you know, my background, I'm a mechanical engineer and my background, I'm a former, I'm an athlete, you know, and my thing is how can we provide what we need now? Okay. Verbal really wasn't a big thing for me because in my mind, I'm like, okay, I just need to find some sort of a communication pathway for her. Now, if she's able and willing to communicate verbally down the road, that's great. Because I'm looking at it, hey, hey, she got two or three ways to communicate. You know, just like someone can be bilingual. They can have, they can speak five different languages. Is it going to hurt? You know, so my my main goal was for us to try to have a connection communication-wise for her to be able to feel as if she can advocate for herself and for her to feel a part of, as I say, our world, okay? So that was important for me. So when when that AAC device was introduced to me and I realized that, okay, you punch the word and it come out, oh, oh, we in business. What you're telling me is what's in her mind can come out of device? That's what we're saying? Oh, we're going to roll with that. And I was like, oh, we're going to roll with this. Okay. So that, that was, the thing is, I'm so intrigued with, you know, my, my kids and especially my daughter. Um, I'm like, oh, to me, she's unique. Mm-hmm. So how can I bring this uniqueness and my, and our vibe through this AAC device? So just like someone say, hello, mm-hmm. my daughter can say hello, but she just pushed the button that says hello. So we on the same page. It's the same way. It's just what it comes out differently. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to understand. And I and I, I'm going. Like I say I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. We can't be selfish. And when I say selfish, sometimes we as parents we get in the way, and sometimes we can't allow ourselves to get in the way of success. So it wasn't my duty to say no. And say, hey, this is because my daughter, I want you to talk verbal. No, that's selfish. Mm-hmm. Because right now she can't do that. Mm-hmm. And right now 
I need to find her a communication pathway. So that was my mindset, Stacey. So, and they, and now the sky's the limit. Girlfriend, I got her on the hook. That's another thing where um, I get a lot of questions like, how do you get your daughter to use it? You know, a lot of individuals don't, uh, don't like to use it. And one thing I use and one thing I realize is when people motivated, what they do, they do their best to get what they want. Right. And I use food and juice. That's something that we need every day. And I'm right. And I'm right. And I'm right. That's it. Do we need that food? And we need that juice. And you always, (laughs) and that's always a motivator for people. It doesn't matter how old you get. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we all going to need that. So Mm -hmm. I use that as a way to get that connection for her to understand you need this communication pathway, this AC device to get what you want. Now, it was work because, again, she's so used to, you know, just gesturing or whatever like that. And I said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. But one thing, let me piggyback. I'm not an enabler. You know, just because uh, you may have a diagnosis, don't, diagnosis don't mean nothing to me, you know, because I see you can do something. Oh, you were in trouble. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> you but I will, I will say, Daria, you are a parent that knows how to balance discipline consequences and all of that in a loving way. So, so your children are, are okay with that because it's coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of you're agitated or aggravated because they're not communicating with you. And so that's a difference too. That's a mindset as well. Yeah, it's a mindset. And we have as parents again, but we got to take care of ourselves first for us Mm -hmm. to be able to think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, we as parents, we have, if we're if we're battling our feelings and mm-hmm. our emotions, and what's the key word I always say? Our acceptance. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you're going to be great, and I don't say good. I say great for your child. Okay, you got to be great, and you have to let that go because you have to be present. I gotta be present for my kids. Okay, mm-hmm. and in order for me to be present. I got to take care of my mind. I got to take care of my body. And I got to take care of my spirit. Okay. And my kids are watching me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I discipline? Do that? You know, and do I believe in consequences? You dang on right. Because again, they have to live in this world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have to do my best to try to prepare them the best I can and for them to be the best they can be. Okay. I don't worry about no diagnosis. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean nothing to me. Because again, what I say, the diagnosis is just a ticket for me to get the resources. That has nothing to do with me preparing you for the real world. I love that. Can you repeat that again for the audience? I love that. I told you I was a bad mama. Didn't I tell you I was a bad mama? (laughs) You did, and you've come through so far. Repeat that shit again for people. They need to hear it. (laughs) I know. It's awesome. Okay. So like I said, I I don't care about a diagnosis. Okay, the diagnosis is just the ticket for me to get the resources. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. My job is to prepare my kids. Mm-hmm. Do I? Hey, I, I am a parent about discipline, and I do believe in consequences. Mm-hmm. And my kids get both. Okay, and my job is to to prepare them to be the best they can be in society. Okay, mm-hmm. that's my job. Okay, I'm the parent. They are my children and I have to prepare them. Now, I may have to navigate differently, Mm -hmm. but the principle is the same, okay? 
So let me give you a little bit more about that. Again, by my having, I'm an engineer, you know, and I live by principle. Once I get that principle torn, oh, I can apply to any and everything. That's why it's easy for me. This is easy for me. Mm-hmm. You know? And people, they look at me like, well, you know, you ain't sad. Or why you ain't miserable? Or why you look like this? And why you look like that? Who I supposed to look? Okay. Everything comes through me. Okay. So I got to take care of myself. Okay. You know, so, but again, I had to shape my mind and I'm, I'm just a confident person. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids going to get the best. They're going to be the best because I think I'm the best. And when I, when I tell you, Torn, I think I'm the best autism mom out here. Now, they don't, <laughs> nobody else got to believe it, but I believe it. There you go. That's <laughs> it. That's it. A, a question that's I have. That and that's all that matters for my kids because mm-hmm. that my kids see that confidence in me yeah. and i'm gonna tell you one thing my kids they work hard mm-hmm. for my validation yeah. now i'm not trying to say that's good you know what i'm saying however they see they respect me enough that like i tell them at least try mm-hmm. you gotta at least try you mm-hmm. know and then if i see that confidence is not there i'm going to be the guide and the instrument okay that's going to help what build their confidence yeah. and that's all i do yeah. you know it means things we talk all the time just be a parent mm-hmm. yeah. but a parent like you said let me break that down but, but a parent that understands the situation at hand mm-hmm. but in order for you to do that you have to accept the situation for what yeah. it is mm-hmm. and, and one of the things i love about what you just said is you want you you expect your kids to at least try. There is nothing wrong with kids failing. There seems this idea that if like the kid fails, it's gonna break. No, they need to eat a little shit. Like they need to learn that because when they're adult, you're definitely gonna eat shit. Once you're an adult, life's gonna kick everybody's ass. And don't stop. And you gotta have that resiliency, especially as an autistic person where the world doesn't quite understand you and they're coming for you and they're discriminated against you. You got to have that, like you, you, you gotta have the intestinal fortitude. But one of the things I wanna ask is. You seem to have this balanced mindset. You tend to get these two extremes when it comes to autism parents and the autistic community as a whole of either you have to do it like neurotypicals. You have to speak. You have to have regular mannerisms. You have to like you have to have the goals of a neurotypical kid and nothing short of that acceptable. Or because you're autistic, we shouldn't have any expectations. You shouldn't be expected to try. You shouldn't be expected to make yourself a little uncomfortable. You shouldn't be expected to self-improve. How have you bridged those two together? Okay, because okay, I look at it, they are individuals. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are they are here in the world. Okay. And if you hear, especially in my household, you are okay, you are going to be prepared, okay, based mm-hmm. on what you can do. Okay. And when you say when I say that balance, I don't like again. I, maybe I am putting on my expectations, you know, or like I said, my mindset, you know, mm-hmm. on my kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer that there's no one way to get something done. Okay. Just because one person, like near to what they might do it this way, let's say this, let's make it simple. This, I'm going to break it down to principle. Like you said, communicating. Mm-hmm. Just because she doesn't communicate verbally does not mean she's not communicating, okay? 
But society has embedded that this is the only way and this is the right way to do it. It doesn't work that way. Okay. What is your end game? Your end game is to be successful or your end game, whatever it is. How you get to your end game is how you get to your end game. The Mm -hmm. bottom line is, as long as you get to your end game. And so that's my mindset when I'm approaching my kids. Okay. Yes. And also just because you may have a label or diagnosis, don't mean I'm going to enable you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Real story. When Dara was younger, I told her to pick up a piece of paper. The thing is I showed her pick up a piece of paper and she put in the trash, to put in the trash. Okay. You know, and I'm an analyze. I analyze everything toward. I'm looking. I'm analyze your words, your body movement, everything. You know, same way. I know that. You know, and <laughs> so when I realized that, I said, "Dare pick up the paper." She picked it up. I said, "Put it in the trash." She put it in the trash. Hmm. See again when 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 you when you start this game and when you it, when 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 as a parent and they tell you that your child autistic again. Mm-hmm. What's out there in the world and society? It's already said what they can't do. Yeah, it's it's a, I've, how many times, Stacey, if I said that on the yeah. podcast? Okay, how many oh, times I said oh, that? Okay, so now, so now the the you go to the doctor, they give you the diagnosis because again, now a parent they already internalizing. Oh, my child gonna be worthless. Exactly. My child gonna be worthless because of this label or this diagnosis they put on your child. Mm-hmm. It don't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not that. Okay. Now, so for me to find that balance, let me get back to that story with Dara. When I realized that she understood, torn all oh, it was, she was in trouble. Now, <laughs> oh, she understands what I'm talking about. So then I got, I got even more intrigued. I said, hold on, this autism get this is hold on, this is not what what people told me how this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, then again, I had to use my own initiative, and now I had to bring my own self and my mindset to the to as I say the game. This this the game we playing now. I told Dara, oh, it's, oh, we playing this game now. We are gonna play this game. Okay, <laughs> now I'm gonna rock with you. Okay, because now, oh, girlfriend can understand. So her receptive language was that I said, okay, we in business. Once she showed me that torn, it was on. Then hey, this it just popped it wide open for me. Okay, yes, I understood she had some weaknesses. We all do, and like I tell everybody, do not underestimate someone because of a diagnosis or a label. Okay, just like me, I got high blood pressure. That don't mean that I ain't gonna stop my shine. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, that's just something that now I know I have this diagnosis. So now I have to now what? Do a lifestyle change to try to what to maintain, and that's the and that's how I how I look at this autism journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, my children have a label, but I tell people, hey, Torn, we all got a label. I got a label when I was born. I'm black and I'm a woman. So who cares about a label? Mm-hmm. I don't care about no label. Okay, all right. And one thing I tell people, do you respect everyone? You know, I'm all about the autistic community. You're going to respect my children. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it is what it is. But mm-hmm. that's the thing. We in society, we are caught up on this label. And then you, you let the world define what that label is. No one is going to define my kids with a label. 
You're <laughs> going to you're going to define my kids as Dara and Dawson. That's what it is. Okay. No, I love probably- that. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that. And one of the things we mentioned, you mentioned this off air and you also mentioned this uh, on the recording that you were an athlete in, yeah. in, in high school and college. And I, I played a lot of sports too. I didn't play in college, but I played in high school. And as an autistic person, that was huge for me because I had doctors telling me like, telling my dad to be lucky if your kid was a water, could be a water boy because I was very uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. And Sports were huge for me because I had to work so hard. I had to work twice as hard as everybody else because I didn't have natural ability. And as an autistic person, that's invaluable. As anyone with disability or disenfranchised person, that's invaluable. The idea of installing a work ethic and knowing your body and stuff like that. What are some of the influences that being an athlete, and you were an athlete at a pretty high level. So what are some of the influences, has some of your background athletics helped you, your mindset as an autism parent? Oh, very much so. Because I think I was already prepared. You know, I get a lot of feedback. People are like, well, you was meant to have these children. Hmm. You know, I can take it like that. You know, sometimes I think sometimes people don't know what to say, which is great. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think I wanted them. You know what I'm saying? But I, this was the hand that was dealt. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing about sports, it does shape your mindset because what it teaches you mental toughness. And I tell people, it teach you life. I apply those principles of sports to life. You got to think. You got to be able to think. You got to be able to, you know, you have instinct, okay? You got to be able to be a leader. You know what I'm saying? You got to be able to motivate. And that's one thing I can do. I'm a great motivator, mm-hmm. you know? And I can motivate my kids, you know? So those attributes and those, those values, I just carry that into my life you know, in my career space, you know, because one thing, you got to be mentally tough, you know, so when, so I think I'm like, I'm already prepared, so I don't, I don't even think I even had time to really process the situation, because when you were in sports, like, especially basketball, you got to be quick, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you got to learn to adapt, like, for instance, they hit you with a, a defense, and I'm down, and, and I'm the leader, I got to, I got to, I might got to shift it, I might got to shift the play, <laughs> You got to be able to think real fast to what? Adapt to the situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So again, strategize. It's a strategy. Again, it's a game. This is a game. So again, in life, life to me is a game. Okay. And again, it's a game. You got to make choices. You got to be able to think. Okay. You got to be able to learn from your mistakes. You know, and like in basketball, hey, if I call the wrong play, mm, can't do that this time. Let me do it. Let me let me call another play. Same thing, Torn. What I might do so with my children, yeah, that one didn't work. That strategy didn't work. Let's go. Let's shift to another strategy. Mm-hmm. But one thing, when you in the midst of the game, what Torn, you can't stop. Exactly. You gotta keep going. Now, in basketball, you got timeouts. Yeah, I got timeouts. Cause do I do need a timeout sometimes? Sometimes and that timeout torn is me taking care of myself. That's my timeout. Okay. No, but again, it's the same principle. Mm-hmm. But you just take those principles and apply it to the situation at hand. That's it. So, so Daria, sorry. No, go ahead, Torn. And <clears throat> excuse me. And, I, and and I'm sorry for cutting you off, Stacey. And yeah. you were a point guard, right? Point guard, run the show. Like I do. That's, that's, that, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. You were not only an athlete; you were in a leadership position. The point guard. If your point guard don't know what the hell they're doing. The whole team is screwed. And when you're talking about pressure. Yeah. So now let's, let's back this thing up. Pressure. You know, so 
mm-hmm. this autism, you know, people it's pressure. Yeah, not to me it ain't, you know, you know, it is, you know, it ain't, you know. Mm-hmm. But in the point of God, anything go wrong on that court is your fault. Yep. So <laughs> I already had that mindset that mm-hmm. anything go wrong in my household, if I don't do this journey right, it's my fault. But mm-hmm. you know what, Tor, I love pressure because pressure bring it elevates my game, Tor. I love it. And I seek that. I breathe this stuff. Mm-hmm. So this, this, you know, me with my kids, and that's why I think I am different. A lot of people tell me, you're just different, you know, because bring it. Because I want, I love challenges, mm-hmm. you know. And like you said, Tony, when you're the point guard, everything comes through you. You are the conductor. You run the show, okay? You have to motivate your teammates. Say if I got a teammate and they're not having a good game or, you know, I got to what? I got to pick, pick them up. Let's go. We got to get your head in the game. You know, I got to make the right play call. If I make the wrong play call, anything go wrong, my bad. Yeah. But again, everybody, look, I'm the coach on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this world, I'm the coach out here for my, for my children. Okay. Mm-hmm. In school, in, at home, anywhere and everywhere, I'm the coach. Everything come through me. I love it. So if everything come to me, to come through me, I got to be right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got to do my part, and we're doing my part towards what I'm doing my job. Yep, that's it. And and I just wanted to go to the timeout part. And Derry, I'm going to share this story um, <laughs> about Puerto Rico. So I want all the listeners to understand that Daria is putting in the work. She has put in the work. She's sacrificed um, and not been selfish. Not saying that you all are selfish, you listeners, but. She has, she made reference to that. And I want everybody to know that she is not this stay at home, bake cookies, 24 seven mom, right? So I think you that came across already. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't see her, but it's not like, oh, she's doing the work because she is not doing anything else, right? She's been running a business. She's got a husband and running a household. But I will say that one of the things that I thought was so, um, and I tell the story all the time, um, Daria, in terms of taking a break and taking care of yourself. Um, you and your husband a few years ago went on a vacation to Puerto Rico. And I just happened to be living in Puerto Rico at the time. And I was like, oh, we have to hook up. This is before we had met. And I remember not hearing from you the first few days when you got there. And I was like, like what? Like, oh my gosh, like, are they ready to go party and go to the beach? And then when we finally met up, you were like, girl, we just slept for like two days because for nine years, they have been doing the work, right, with their daughter. And I remember us having this conversation on the beach talking about, yes, I had a lot of things that I couldn't do when my children are younger. I like to go out. I like to party. I like to hang out with adults, right, and my friends. But I had to do the work to make sure my children were okay for me to leave, right? So it took nine years, right? For you to do the work to make sure I'm comfortable leaving, going and enjoying and taking care of myself um, for a long time, right? Not like just a, a, a night out or something. And so I wanted to share with the listeners that as parents, like you said, 
sometimes you don't get to do everything you want to do. A lot of times you don't get to do whatever you want to do. And it does take doing the work, but the work pays off. And now it's so much easier for you to get away and you feel comfortable. Daria has a way to communicate when she's staying with, you know, whoever that she's staying with when you guys are away. So I I wanted to share that story to encourage parents doing the work when your children are younger pays off long-term big time. Um, uh, because parents don't sometimes see that light, right? They think it's going to be, they, they, like you said, they hear the, the diagnosis and they're like, oh, we're going to be home. And my child's going to be with me the rest of their life. And they're never going to leave. Right. That's the first thing they think of. Um, so just wanted to share that story um, to encourage parents, because I really, really want our listeners to understand how it is such a beautiful moment when your child can communicate with you using a different system than verbal, if that works better for them. And Daria and her daughter have the most amazing relationship. And Daria, I would like to ask in regards to, you have a son that um, verbal seems to be his primary method of communication. What is the communication, like how do he and his sister navigate with her using a device and he's verbal? Um, I haven't had a chance to see that um, in person. So what does that look like? Um, it's actually it's very interesting because he thing, he's very aware. He understands that Derek communicates through his AAC device. Now, because I'm just, just, I'm just one that just think I got to solve, you know, I'm, I like to solve, you know. Mm-hmm. Have solutions. Mm-hmm. Actually, Dawson actually uses it as well. So mm-hmm. he uses the device for to help him with his words. Perfect. So creatively, it helps it, it slows it down for him. So when if we're reading a book, if I ask him questions and we I use the device with him so he can find the words and it has helped because it slows him down and sometimes it gives him the word choices to help him because sometimes he can't find the words so actually i use the device in different ways because Mm -hmm. they're two different type of individual children okay (laughs) but he understands the purpose of aac and that's Mm -hmm. the that's the kicker right there he understands the purpose so I want all of the listeners to know, you cannot see the look on my face. You guys cannot see the joy inside of me. That is exactly what I want parents to get, that it also can be used. And Nye High Functioning came on with us and talked about that. Even folks who verbally communicate, it can be a support system for those times when they don't have access to their words. And ah, I'm just so excited because that's what I want. Like that is how... Accepting different methods of communication is how we are able to not only connect with our children, but for them to be able to show us what they know and tell us what they don't like, right? In a way that is that we can receive it, right? And understand it. So kudos to you. Thank you, Daria, for doing that with your children. I appreciate that from a speech therapist perspective. <laughs> yes, yes. And but then they also, you know, Dara and he listens for her. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, when Dara says, you know, hi Dawson, using her device. He, hi there. So he's, his again, because what he sees, this is our, our home, you know? So he's already, he's already dialed in and understand, oh, this is the way my sister communicates. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I tell him sometimes, go, go give your sister words, go, go, because there might be all the way upstairs and I'm like, go give your sister her, her words. And yeah. all I got to do is say words and we call it words. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he'll go find their, go find their words and go take it. 
mm-hmm. to her, you know. Yeah. And then also I practice socially for them so how to dialogue. Again, you have to teach. You know, I remember when I was out and about one time and I showed um, someone a video of Dara and they said, oh, you sit down and teach her. Well, yeah, what you think? Yeah, okay. I mean, again, you got to do the work, okay? I have to show her, again, because socially, you know, she needs work socially or, you know, um, how to socialize. So I teach her the social circumstances and then what? She gets it. Like I got a, I got a real out where people went wild when Dara said, um, I said, Dara, where are you going to get my hair did? You did. Get my hair did. Because that's how we talk in my house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell people I'm not going to change because my children um, mm-hmm. uh, are artistic. This is me. This is my vibe. Okay. And this is the way we talk. This is my culture. Okay. This is how we talk in my household. So, mm-hmm. I, so Dara been going to the hairdresser since three years old. Again, you got to take them out. How are they going to learn if you don't take them out? Okay. Exactly. So I take, Dara has been going to get her head dead. I ain't say done. We get our head dead at the age of three. Okay. <laughs> However, I've been teaching her the word. Dara, you going to get your head dead? You going to get your head dead? So now when I show her and teach her and she on her device. So now all I got to do is say, Dara, where you going? Get my head dead. But again, now what? We flowing. So now we got this dialogue. Again, yep. she's saying it verbally. I care less that she said it verbally. The mm-hmm. bottom line is she responded, Stacey. Okay. Yep. And, and 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 we got a vibe going on. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. You got to figure out how you get that vibe going on with your child. Okay. Yep. Now you can be stuck, as I say, and when you keep worrying about your child uh, speaking verbally, okay. Okay. Now, now your child 15, 16, 17 years old. Yep. And then you like, oh, then you want to give them something. Oh, use this. It don't work that way. Yep. It don't work that way. Love it. You got to be there. You have to teach them. You have to show them. So now Dara is like, she know I don't even talk to her if she don't have her device. Yeah. So yeah. now when she comes to me and, you know, she might go, you know, her little, you know, I call her gibber talk. And mm-hmm. I look, oh, I just look at Dara. She was like, oh, let me go upstairs and get my um, get my words. You dad going right. Because now it's the expectation. Because exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. And she's going to need those skills when she gets older. Exactly. exactly. So, and the, yeah. but some people might think, oh, you mean. I ain't mean. I'm, teach, I'm teaching her. Because again, mm-hmm. when she go out in the real world, she can't be going to nobody. Hey, you have a voice. Your voice is utilizing your AAC device. Now go use it. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to empower you so you can be able to advocate, but you can be out there and could be able to communicate. And if I ain't gonna know what you're talking about, and that's what I tell her, I'm like, girl, I don't know what you're talking about. That's the way I talk to her. But yeah. she's so used to my, you know, mm-hmm. how how I how I, as I call it, I love language. It's mm-hmm. a love language that we have. Okay. Yeah. She's so used to it. There she might roll her eyes. She might be like, "Oh my goodness!" Because believe me, if she can cuss me out, I know she that, that she will. Once she, hey Tori, once she learn them cuss words, I'm surprised oh, yeah. she don't cuss because I know oh, yeah. me and my husband we cuss. <laughs> yeah, she she definitely has her mama's personality. Uh, she definitely has her mama's personality, uh, and it's so fun to see you guys go back and forth um, in the videos. One of the things that uh, I will. Um, based on what you're saying in terms of doing the work as the parent, uh, I will remind the listeners, parents, that one of the other things that Daria has, and I remember saying it to you when I first talked to you, 
I was like, you must have had like the most amazing speech therapy experience because very few speech therapists are even able to, to do that. Right. And so I remember we had a conversation. I was saying, oh my gosh, like half the parents in the country don't have access to that, you know, therapist who knows how to do that. And Daria was like, what? And I was like, no, they don't like you are, you really, I mean, and so I'm saying this to say not to discourage parents. I'm saying you need to advocate for your child. You need to say, hey, this therapist doesn't seem to be knowing what they're doing or that's not working for my kiddo. I need another one. Or you need to be able to advocate and say, I think that my child needs to be introduced to an AAC device. Who can do that, right, in my area? Because that's important um, to have that specialist. And I'm not saying that parents can't do it on their own. Definitely a lot of parents have to. But if your child is in school setting or having private therapy, um, you have a right to advocate for a therapist who is trained and knows what to do as well. But one thing, let me piggyback up on on that, Stacey. One thing we as parents, we have to understand that you just cannot rely on a school system. Okay. 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 Yes, you advocate. But again, that comes back to what I tell you, Stacey, your mindset. You got to be present. You got to be the voice. You got to be the help, you know, be the advocate to get the resources for your children. Okay. Now, when you get those resources, you just can't sit back and think the school system going to do everything. Okay. So that's why I have a lot of parents say, well, they won't use it at home. Well, who fault is that? Who fault is that? That's it. It ain't the school fault. That's your fault. Because they have to be able to understand that we use it everywhere. That's their voice. You can't expect for them to say, okay, well, they use it at school and they come home. Well, I don't got time for that. We better make some time. But like I tell everybody, everybody's time is different. If Mm -hmm. you only got five or 10 minutes a day, if you you better make sure that five to 10 minutes, that's the best five to 10 minutes that you're going to dedicate to your child, whatever it is, okay? Mm -hmm. But they have to have that connection where I just don't use it at school. I use it at home. I use it at the store. I use it at grandma house. I use it everywhere. I use it in the car, okay? You have to get them to understand that this is their voice. So a lot of times, you, if you see your children, they don't want to use it because they say, well, they use it at school, and then they come home, you don't reinforce that. You have to reinforce that. And that's one thing I did. I can't say I want Dara to communicate. And then she communicating at school, but if she coming to me and I don't know what she's talking about, it don't make any sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I said you got to be in the present. However, mm-hmm. to be in the present, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your mind. Because I tell you, this ain't no joke. This is, don't, don't get it twisted. I get, I'm tired. I'm tired now. But that's not going to defeat me, okay? All right, because my goal is to make her as self-sufficient as possible based on what she can do, okay? So that's what I want I want to put out there for parents. And also, you have to understand that, and, and I think a lot of parents, they feel that if I give my child a device, they just want to go ahead and, 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 and just do it. It don't yeah. work that way. You know, we didn't have like the podcast. We didn't have all this back in the day where I could have shown you the work that yeah. I did. But I'm now showing you what I'm still doing with there on that plat on my platform. Okay, exactly. but you have to take the time. But you got to learn. I had, to, I had to learn a device. Yep. I had to learn how to program. I had to learn how to shape it for her, for her to understand the, the verbs, nouns, 
it was, it's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The parents have to learn the device as well. And, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but even in the deaf community, if parents, hearing parents, often, often hearing parents that have deaf children do not take the time to learn sign language and they never, they communicate through the siblings, which has always been very sad for me because it's like, gosh, you can't even like learn a new language along with your child, right? Because the child doesn't know the language proficiently in the beginning, they're learning as well, right? Take the time to learn. Um, So one of the things that I would um, love to pick your brain about, because a lot of times parents push back on the reason why they don't, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it always goes back to, well, I mean, how am I going to take it to the store? It's, It's the battery's dead. It's not charged. And I'm like, okay, so who's in charge of making sure the device is charged? What are some of the tips and strategies or routines that you have in place to make sure her device is always accessible for her to communicate with? Well, I have it on all her devices that I have, you know, she, okay. has, she has a school device, mm-hmm. you know, which is provided, that's like, we call it, say, the words, okay? Mm-hmm. Got so, it. Provided from the school. Then mm-hmm. I, she has her own iPad. Got okay? it. Then Dawson has his own iPad, you know, mm-hmm. I know everybody iPad, and mm-hmm. then I have it on my phone. Got it. So, we're out and about. It's no, it's no excuse. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, sometimes we do forget Mm-hmm. So when I was when I forgot, I said, "Oh man, I forgot a word." So what I had to do? What? I, and, and there we go, Torn again in basketball. What you got to do? You got to adapt. You got to now what? Fix your mistake. That was a mistake for me. So my mistake was okay. Now I got to make sure I'm better prepared as a parent to make sure her words are accessible for her to all you know all the time. So when yeah. I made that one mistake, that showed me I need to I need to get it everywhere. So when when she's out with me, even if I forget her words. I pull out my phone and she now she has her words on my phone. So, but the thing is, people, let me back this up. Let's break down what the AAC device is because people think it's a device. It's not the device, it's the software mm-hmm. put on your device that you have. So there are different applicational softwares that can be used. My daughter just uses touch chat, you know. So if you look up, I think they have one like Prolo. What is it called? Prolo? Prolo Quo, Touch Chat, yeah. yeah, so it's different types of software, but that soft, particular software, TouchChat, has been good for my daughter, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like that, because, again, you can build on it, you know? You can build the sales based on her level, and then you start to open it up to more sales, more words, exposing her to more things, okay? So it was like a gradual process for her, but mm-hmm. that's what you were saying, I had to learn from mistake again because again, it's it's in this game you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna drop the ball. Am I a good parent every day? No, I'm not. No one is perfect. But when I realize where I can tweak it and make it better, that's what I do. And that's what I and that, so it's no excuse for dare not to have access to words. That's it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I I just love how you brought that up because just like in sports, you gotta make changes. Let's say you're in a game. And you're hitting those shots on the outside. You're killing them from beyond the arc. And suddenly they switch to a three-two. And now you're now you got a guy in your face or or girl in your face. Now you're throwing up bricks. So what are you gonna do? You're just gonna keep throwing bricks like you're a mason, or you're gonna start sending the ball inside. You have to make the adjustments on the fly. One of the things I want to do before we forget, because we will forget, is you're part of a company called the Autism Grind. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so it's the um, so myself and my friend of mine went to Howard University together, and she has a son that's autistic, autistic as well. Now, who would have thought that we have friends, um, and we have children with autism? But now, let me back it up. Her husband and my husband, like, we're like best of friends, they played um, football together at Howard University where we were, and so we decided to we wanted to create a space, okay. And first we started before we turned into a nonprofit. We just wanted to create a space where caregivers, you know, therapists, whoever that was involved with the autistic community, a space where you can come, have a good time and still learn about autism and the journey. OK, because I think sometimes we we feel that it has to be so as I say, doomful. I don't know that's a word. You know what I'm saying? But it just sounds... It is now. (laughs) You know, so, but why can't you be around relatable people and people who wants to learn? Because our goal is to stimulate the interest. You got to pique the interest, but you can't stimulate the interest if it's always negativity. Because again, this world is not, it's not a negative world. It's not. Having autistic children doesn't mean your life is doomed. Mm-hmm. Again, it's what you want to make out of. Yep. Like I said, autism is not my life, Tor. I tell people it's a part of my life. Okay. Again, I'm a wife. Okay. I'm a mother. I'm a career person. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. So it's a part of my life. Okay. So we have, like I said, we want to create a space where we can come, we can laugh, we can learn. I mean, we can cry, whatever you want to do. But the vibe, when I say the vibe, Torn, the vibe is popular, okay? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, like you say, we can't get out, you know? And I couldn't get out. Now, I went out like little small trips back in the day, you know, but I couldn't do like I used to before I had kids. Torrin, I was exploring the world, you know what I'm saying? Me and my husband, we was traveling, okay? And then Derek came along and said, hold up, you ain't gonna do that for a minute. <laughs> Let me put it in the pocket. Let me put you in the pocket. You and dad in the pocket right now. I need you for me right now. So... Yeah, so their shift, again, had to shift my focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, like I said, so we wanted to create a space where if you can't get out for, for that hour, you come by with us, you can learn, you can have a good time, you can have your drink, whatever you want to do. Okay. But when you leave there, you're going to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I want. And, and me, like I said, being a point guard, I'm a motivator. I want to motivate people to be better. And what Stacey, and you got to do better. We all, yeah. we have to do yeah. better. And it is a lot of hard work. But it's, 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 no, it's often mm-hmm. no, it, no, it's work. And then yeah. people are like, well, and then, you know, I always get, well, you look good. Well, you know what? I, I, I appreciate it. But you would not believe the work mm-hmm. that goes into my every day. When yeah. I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful. I say thank yeah. you. Okay, I don't know how my day gonna go, Torn. I don't know. I don't know what my kids gonna give me. <laughs> I, know, I know you better make sure that um, Dalton gets his fruit snacks. I'm I'm an advocate for Dalton getting free fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. Because <laughs> Torn, if he don't do what he's supposed to do, he ain't getting no fruit snacks. <laughs> get that boy some fruit snacks. <laughs> exactly. I, I love how you preach putting in the work because when mm-hmm. you put in the work, if you're not putting in the work then that's extra stuff for your kids. And that's when things start to go sideways. To use another sports analogy, because I'm loving this. I'm a huge sports fan. 
Yeah. I played some, I played a little bit of ball, not in high school, but like with friends and like pickup and stuff. And we'd have this, we'd have these pickup games. And if there's one dude who would love to play short, who would love to play point guard, mainly because he was short, yeah. except he sucked. <laughs> so whenever he would bring the ball up, I would sort of stand around half court. And the reason I'd stand around half court instead of going to the hole, and I'm a big guy, you're supposed to go to the hole. The reason I wouldn't go to the hole is because I knew this mf was going to turn the ball over. I knew he was going to turn the ball over. So I'm like, let me just be halfway back on defense because I know I know there's an odd man rush coming the other way because this dude – and sure enough, this dude would cough it up almost every time. And he's like, why aren't you going to the hole? Because now I got to run the entire court to make up for you screwing up. Oh so you need the point guard, in this case the parent, you need to do the work. You got to protect the ball. You got to distribute. You got to sometimes take it to the hole yourself. You got to set up the rest of your players. You got to set up your family. Otherwise, your family is going to be standing in half court, not trying to score because they know they got to run back on defense. They know you're about to screw up. Tor, Tor, you speaking my language, boo. You <laughs> are speaking my language. Hey, look, you got it. Yeah. But, but then you see how you, what you said, and all you got to do is apply it to your situation. And that's why people can't, re- can't figure out, man, it looks like it's just easy for her. We'll call it point, point guard parenting. Point guard parenting. Yes. <laughs> Every, point guard parenting. There's your Every, next book idea. <laughs> everything. Oh, that's already on, that's already on the table, Torn. That's already on the table. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Everything that Torn said, like he said, you just apply it. Okay. Yep. Okay. You have to control. Again, you have to control the dynamics, okay, <laughs> of the situation. Now, you know you got your teammates out there, but like you said, Torn, you sometimes you got the one they cough it up. You got, you know, but however, it looks bad when you are the, the point guard and you cough it up. Yeah. It's different. Like I tell people, it's different when a point guard make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Then maybe your center or your forward or whatever make a you know make a mistake because again everything comes through you you you're under a tight microscope microscope so that you talking about that pressure that's the pressure that a lot of people can't handle that's why some people don't they don't want to play the point guard they like I go ahead and pay that two I pay that three because they know what you know what they don't want the ball in their hands mm-hmm. I want the ball in the hands I like I like the ball in my hands okay <laughs> because I'm confident enough that hey. I'm gonna make it happen. So in my household, oh, I'm gonna make this thing happen. Okay. So that's the mindset that I have, you know. So that's why to me it's easy. You know, when I say it's easy, it's easy for me to again accept it and deal with the situation so my family can thrive. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Tor? You, yeah, are, you, exactly. are, you, are you feeling me, Tor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, I love this. I'm, I'm such a huge, like, sports nerd. I love this. And like I said, I played and I played mostly soccer and baseball. And that was such a huge influence on me because the things I learned on the field, I had to translate to real life. I didn't have the natural talent. So I was good defense. I played defense. I was left back in soccer. My thing was, okay, my job is to score goals because I'm not, I don't have the skill to score goals. My thing is my guy that I'm marking, he don't get by me. My job is to protect number 10, use your strikers in number 10. My job is number 10, that I'm on that dude like flies on shit. That is my job. He don't get scoring opportunities. I run him down. I stop him. That's my goal. I move the ball up. I keep the ball out of my third. Like that is my job. I get caught up. I, I get caught up field. I hustle back like there's no tomorrow. I used to run drill drills called shit out of luck drills, which anyone <laughs> who plays soccer knows this. You're a defender. You push up. 
because your team has ball. You push up in the opposite 18. Then your forward just gives the ball away, and you have to sprint from 18 to 18. Like, I used to do drills like that to practice that because that is my job. So I, I'm sorry. I just I just love this. <laughs> no, hey, hey, Tor, I can talk sports all day. That's what I, I love our vibes. See, we, again, we already got a vibe. You see what I'm saying? Why, yeah. why am I cracking up that now our listeners are getting coaching basketball tips? <laughs> It's true. Those those things translate over the hard work exactly. to knowing the knowing your strengths yes. and weaknesses, knowing your yeah. teammates' strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. That all goes into parenting. No, yeah. just like you have to know your kids' strengths and weaknesses. You gotta know your strengths and weaknesses, how they work together. Yep. So so, so again, Torin gets it. So now mm-hmm. you say me and Torin got a vibe. Now, mm-hmm. a ma- now that's why people don't understand that. Man, you and your kids have a vibe. That's why I'm able to connect with my kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so you, I got to find that connection. But like you said, you got to know their strengths. You got to know their weaknesses. You have to <laughs> dial in. And you mm-hmm. have, again, doing the work, you got to study. Okay, yeah. in, in beginning of the year, like you said, we might have a new playbook. I'm the point guard. Torn, what do you think I had to do? I had to learn everybody's position. And that's exactly. another thing. You a point guard, I just can't learn my, I just can't know my position. I got to know what my two, three, four, and five, what they doing. Yep. Okay, because again, while I'm when I when I'm in the game, I gotta figure out what play I want to call. They might be in a two three, a, a man to man, or a two, you know, three two. I got in my mind so fast. Think if I'm thinking of plays, I gotta automatically see how that play is going to how it's going to materialize visually in my head. Like, oh yeah, that play right there. Oh that 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 left that left block wide open. Let me call play three. You know what I'm saying? So again, you gotta be able to think. Fans, you got to be able to maneuver. You got to, you know, call the shots, and that's what it is. So mm-hmm. that's why when I was when when I saw that shift in there when she was when she was what two years old. Yeah. Again, Stacy, ain't no need me not to accept it. I mm-hmm. already saw the change in her. Yep. I already got the visual input that okay, she's unique. She's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a little bit different. Okay, I already saw it. I didn't, so I didn't need a doctor to tell me. I just needed the doc. I just needed that ticket to say, okay, let me, because again, you can't go somewhere and then say, oh, I need this. They're like, what's yeah. wrong? They, yeah. You gotta have, you gotta have an explanation. You gotta have something for them to do something for you. Okay. Except that's why I already knew because I saw the shift in her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, the visual input when I'm playing ball, I already see it. Or sometimes, or oh, oh, I got this. Ooh, I got it. So when I say they come down with a, a two, three, mm, I got something for them. You know what I'm saying? Or it's, it's crazy. Her daughter is hysterical. And all I keep saying is I cannot wait until the teenage years because you're sassy and her sassy with your verbal and her AAC device. It's going to be really interesting conversation. She is because she is just like she is just as confident and I mean your daughter's like going to come right back at you which I love it's really funny and it goes back to what you said about the vibe and the connection and you have to your child has to have a way to communicate for you to have that connection like you've got to figure out what works for them and for you the situation with your daughter it was the AAC which is really wonderful and I'm really hoping that listeners are taking this in and rewinding and listening for a second time to really understand that 
it's not just up to your child when you lay the device on the table for them to take it and go. You have got to do the work. You've got to create opportunities like you do in the car, right? Where are we going, right? Don't just not say anything. Create those opportunities. I talk about that all the time with parents when I do trainings. You have to create opportunities to practice. And that's exactly what you're saying that you've done is doing the work. Go get your device, right? I'm not going to sit here and have a miscommunication. Go get what works for you, Um which is wonderful. This has been so great. Um, I'm not really sure of the time I'm looking, but I'm not looking. Yeah, we're, we're about at time. We try to keep this podcast about between about 45 minutes to an hour or a long okay. trip to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> well, I had a good time, you know, and I mean, this, I love the vibe, you know. Um, like I, I enjoy myself. I appreciate you all. Allow me to come on your platform. You We're going to have you back. We're going to have you oh, back. Yeah, we're definitely Dawn. Have you back. yeah, I want you and Don to really come and talk about your nonprofit and, and some of the things that you guys have been doing and all the good stuff that you plan to do. Um, and then Don doesn't know, but I want to see if I can get Don and CJ to get come on, um, which we'll have to work and see what that looks like. That CJ's Don, <laughs> um, Don's son. But um, do you have any, any final inspirational advice? I mean, you've given so much good stuff, but anything you can say to help the parents that are listening shift their narrative around accepting different ways of communicating um, that you would like to say before we end, Daria? You know, one thing, you know, like I've always been, you know, trying to get through is that don't put yourself in a box and don't always think it's only one way to get something done. Okay. If your child is non-speaking, again, if the AAC device is not what it is, then maybe they can sign. But your goal is to get them that communicational freedom. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. And for them to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Okay. It's not what you want. Because it ain't about me. It, it, it ain't about you. It's about the your child or the, the person that you're taking care of that need that communication pathway outlet. That's all I want to say. And that's what I want people to understand. Thank you, Derek. And where are some places we can find you? Well, right now you can find me on, we're on Facebook. We do a monthly, what we call it a um, Facebook Live Friday Night Grind show, with this, which is myself. And the co-founder, um, my co-founder Don, as well as on Instagram at the Autism Grind. So let me back up. So on Facebook, it is called the Autism Grind. We also have a group which is called the the Autism Grind group, where we we share resources. People who want to share resources, where we just want to help one another. Okay, and then also we are on the Instagram at the Autism Grind. And that's where it's popping. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to see myself, if you want to see my family, we do, I do reels again. Because again, I tell people in our world, we don't got a lot of time. So yep. I'm going to kick it to you quick, but it's going to be impactful. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get the logistics of what I'm talking about. Okay. Yep. You can see both. You can see myself, my kids, my family. Okay. So if you're really interested in see how we navigate and maneuver as an autism family, because it's it hard. That's all I know. I don't know what it is. That's all I know. I'm a, both my kids are autistic, so I don't know no other way. <laughs> yeah. 
-hmm. And so on Facebook, that's the Autism Grind for Facebook? Yes, Facebook, the Autism Grind, and then on Facebook, the Autism Grind group. So it's two different things. So it's like a closed group. You just sign up and we'll, you know, let you in. And and, and all this stuff will be in the description for anybody who's interested. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll have it in the, um, under the podcast description. This has been great. Thank you so much for um, coming to join us. And we're going to definitely have you back. Yes, please do. Please do. You know, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to kick it to you. Um, We we love that. You know, I'm not one that just because you're a parent, you get a pass. No, we don't do that. No, I'm not like that. You know, and Stacy, that's why we're working to shift the narrative on everything autism. That's yeah. what we do. I love it. I love it. Shifting the narrative, you all nailed it. That's what it is. You have to shift the narrative. Yep. And I appreciate you all, the work you all are doing. Keep doing what you all are doing because we need this and we need to have this type of communication. And, and, and like I said, these talks mm-hmm. can help the community. Exactly. Well, see ya.